0: And I'm Lindsay, and
1: this is episode 15 of Ningyo Bingo,
0: where you keep collecting dolls,
1: but never seem to win the game. So this episode, we wanted to, after uh, releasing our four interviews from uh, Doll Acon, uh, talk a little bit about De- Doll Acon, but also talk about some other things uh, that have happened a little bit in the BJD hobby that are worth mentioning and worth thinking about because sometimes. News is more than just what's new and out. It's more, why did it happen, and why is it interesting? So, we'll, we'll get into that a little later. Um, but first, we can talk about the ACON, which, it, it's been, oh, two months or so. I don't even remember. It was beginning of June. Now we're beginning of August. So, yeah. Middle of August? Jeez. Jeez.
0: That. I know, the time really flies, incredibly so.
1: Yeah, so I- I'll let Lindsay lead my mind into what she might want to know about, and thereby what you guys might want to know about uh, this Bec- convention.
0: Because, unfortunately, Dull Acon, which is something I would love to visit at some point, was not in the cards for me this year, and Rebecca took on the charge of going on her own and taking it on and not only doing volunteering while at the convention, the sub-convention inside of the larger convention, but also did a bunch of interviews which you guys have hopefully had time to listen to. I highly suggest you do because there's a lot of good questions and a lot of good answers from interesting different people in the industry. And what did you not do? (laughs) Well,
1: it's, it's kind of easy to say what I didn't do because... Uh, in the realm of volunteering and then using the rest of my time for panels and interviews, what I really didn't have is a lot of time to myself to do whatever I wanted to do between the hours of, oh, 7 a.m. till about 6 p.m. Um, what I did so do... So you were was, real busy.
0: You were on your feet all over the place, at convention.
1: Yeah, well, a uh, good amount of sitting because I was volunteering as... I was doing work as a door guard, and I was also mm-hmm. working at the uh, the booth that had some fundraiser stuff for the convention. Um, so oh, it wasn't wow. all, like, on your footwork, which was really nice. It was actually, a good change from the eight hours I do at work from my my day-to-day job. Um, so that was but You really... need a
0: good pair of shoes to get through those days.
1: Yeah, I did 100% bring my sneakers to doll... Acon. um that being said i did have at least like one or two hours in the middle of the day each day to like go and um check out the vendors or, or and check out the artist alley and check out the merch area there's totally a name for that uh the- sales floor whatever it's called <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm tired. Well, I'm coming from the direction of the Anime Convention where you have the dealers room and the artists alley. And the dealer's artist room. alley sort of contains all of the excess that does not belong in it or isn't large enough to be in the dealers room. Speaking so. of
1: which, this dealers room was huge. It felt like Really. It felt like you took a football field and then you attached that to like Maybe another football field. Maybe not that bad. like a whole football field. And that was like the dealer's room slash artist alley. Maybe two football fields. It was huge.
0: Well, did that um, when we're talking about the dealer's room and the artist alley. Uh, what people may not realize is Doll Acon is a smaller convention, sort of sub convention inside of the larger envelope of Acon. So was this space the shared space between the two events?
1: Uh, No, so what you said is important to note. You have to buy admission to Akon in order to get to Doll Akon. Hence the need for uh, people posted at the doors so they can check badges on the way in to Doll Akon. So we had the conventions dealer's room and artist alley. And then separate to that, we had uh, two large panel rooms... But one panel room was made into the um, doll shopping area, and the other half of that room was made into, like, a little meet-up area with round tables with things you could color. There was, like, little lessons during the day for simple things to make and craft on and just chill out. And it was kind of nice because it was away from the hustle and bustle, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was very nice. Um isn't which is nice means... somewhere
0: where you can sit down and you know you can take a few minutes to breathe and chill out, which seems very in line with the vibe of the doll hobby.
1: Yes, and, and, and they also had a photo booth in this room uh, in the corner, which was very, very fun. I'm sad I didn't take as many photos there, but I only had brought my Pookie Pookie and my two doll Um one which is one of the shorter ones, and one which is a, a slightly taller male. Uh, both are boys, actually, that I made based on Vampire the Masquerade characters.
0: Um, <laughs> that might be vaguely my fault, but you know.
1: Completely and utterly <laughs> your fault, and the one is so emo. And you made
0: that my character cry. That was a choice that you guys made. <laughs> you made my character cry. This makes this even more precious, is that what we're talking about is not only us in college playing a tabletop RPG game together, but these two characters are... Becca's and Becca husbands characters yeah and Becca created them in small dolphy
1: form which is the um. about like uh, how tall would you say they are And they're about like average Barbie fashion doll size back before they discontinued them from the website those aren't
0: but, yeah they're, they're the smaller more plastic. Made out of um, foreign plastic guys that you can yeah. easily customize that a- ABS um, plastic are very more similar heads. to like a zone style than you would than what you think of normally if you're not familiar with them.
1: Yeah, so so that's all I brought because it was I packed light because I was going to. It felt like a different country, but no, just a, a different <laughs> a different state. Well, you did take a plane. I did take so... a plane. Yes. So there, there, there was a. Transposing of time, as I did go to a different time zone, and space, as I went on the plane. So you know, it could have been Japan, not really.
0: But it, it, it could have been. Oh wow, if only Japan was only what was it? Four hours? Three hours? I can't remember. It was it... only. It was that easy.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be nicer.
0: I would be there so much more often. Three hours
1: and like under thousand dollars. Hell yeah, I would be on that. Yeah, yeah. So. The, the nice thing was this was off the beaten path so you didn't have to quite worry as much as ridiculous amounts of traffic while you were holding a doll or putting a doll on the table or things like that. And the there, there wasn't overcrowding in this room. Uh, the dealer's room, it would be madness for that. The downside is a lot of the dealers in the room said that they would have liked if they had more um, traffic for their wares because they want to get to a wider audience. And because we're kind of to the side, not in the dealer's room. We're not getting all the extra people coming through because they don't really realize what it is. Or they might not think that they're interested. And meanwhile, it might be really, really cool. I saw a kid get his first doll there. I saw uh, someone buy a really, really cool... Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the artist, but I mentioned it in one of the interviews. They had a scorpion doll. Ooh. So...
0: Like, an, like um, And we're talking about, like, it's just a scorpion, which is A-B-J-D. Yes, it,
1: it's it's about palm-sized with all the, the little limbs together, and the artist... Oh, that's so cool. The artist told me she made it specifically because she likes making joints so much, she wanted a challenge, and... Oh, they're a nicely designed creature to have um, segmented yes. jointing
0: because of the, the nature of being an insect.
1: Yeah, and in addition to having all the legs and those joints to figure out how they work, you also have the tail in addition. Um, and that was really, really cool. And, and I think that artist told me it took something, some ungodly amount of time to string it. I think it was oh, more than a day. Once again, go listen to the, the episodes. It's one of the, the interview episodes. Um, and it's really, really cool. I can...
0: I can definitely believe that it takes that long because I have one of Cortese's. i um, smaller. She now has a giant dragon, which of course I want desperately, but I cannot oh. afford because yes. it's upwards of thousand yeah. dollars. But I have one of the um, one of the smaller original ones that she did, and I really should restring it. But the tail alone is like at least like 15 to 20 bits and they're all very similar bits and they really need to be going in the right order and i am terrified to try to restring it so i can definitely just through sheer experience understand a scorpion where there's even more bits like that <laughs>
1: yeah maybe the, the only thing i could say is maybe take a chalk marker to it um, oh yeah like they, mark so you can make temporary marks on them that would easily come off they, they actually have chalk yeah. markers um Though, speaking of stringing things, um, one of the things I did pre-order and pick up while I was there, and I had Ooh. the opportunity to go to two workshops with, um, was for uh, cake doll's cat. Uh, the workshop shops and the, the actual convention doll was the goat, but I wanted the cat. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, um, I'm not surprised if anyone who
0: has been with us for a while can recall, there are several episodes where we mentioned cats interfering in the recording process. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll call that interfering. I don't know. Maybe it's just adding color to the recording. I don't know. Um, whatever it may be, but yeah. So, um, I, I sent in like the pre-order and the question so she could send me the invoice and I said, Hi, if you still can, uh, would you be able to make this in time for me to pick up at acon um, sh- And all I got back was, thank you very much, uh, I'll uh, have it there for you, something of the sort. Uh, meanwhile, I get to the convention, and I learned that she had actually... A lot, a lot of people had ordered a little towards the end, and with the timing of everything, she actually had to um, do... Expedited orders from Shapeways to get all the pieces. Oh wow.
0: no! Yeah, the, and
1: Shapeways can be a little pricey. And I think it was Shapeways she used, but I'm pretty sure because I have. Highly likely. I have the. I actually have one of the bags, two of the bags here, um, and it shows the little pieces on them because they make really nice little carrying bags for my now cat, and actually also for my Pookie Pookie. Um, and these were
0: um, to be like. So she did a panel where here is the doll in parts, and I'm going to teach you how to string them properly.
1: Yeah, so the, the first panel was actually the blushing because it's easier to blush it before you put it together, but she actually reversed <laughs> the order because of a few things. Um, I actually haven't sealed mine yet. Um, so, <laughs> well, I'm not sure if I'm done or happy with it yet. Um, so a few of the things that are interesting about it. So once you get it, because you, I got it in a kit form, um, it came with wires that were both for stringing it, but also to poke through the parts because since it's 3D printed, it uses, I think I u- resin or something to affix the parts as it goes through as it prints. Oh
0: yeah, it has to, um, as they're building the, the pieces, it has to like build a, a structure
1: around them. Yes, so in the center where the, the string goes through it still had the powder there, even though it was a hollow part, that hadn't set into a fully resin piece.
0: So right, you actually right. had
1: to sit there and poke out the dust through the center of it. And it looked like very, very, very fine sugar or something of the like. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Potentially illegal substance, I'm not sure. I've <laughs> actually never seen that, but that's what it looks like on the movies. Um, it is
0: never... Never ceases to amuse me when there is a moment where, like, yes, dolls are
1: addictive for real. <laughs> we just keep coke in the joints, don't mind. Us. We just
0: keep, we just, that's really what the problem is. If you ever need to know why we just keep buying them, it's what they hide inside. With a caveat in this moment, like, no, that is not actually what we do. Please, God, con- customs don't crack down on them. They, we do not hide things in them like
1: this. Yes. So, so, um, the. I don't know if she did it for the the goat dolls as well, but for the um, cat doll, she specifically mentioned that the S hooks for the paws are so tiny. And so there's four, six S hooks. Like, oh wait, how you t-
0: paint a picture for us?
1: How big is this? Um, palm sized. Um, like head to tail. Head to tail. Uh, if I put the 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 two little front paws right at the base of my palm. The back paws hit B uh, and I, I'm a petite ish lady the back paws hit B um, right before my fingers start and the tail goes about to the middle of my fingers um, it's a nice little palm size you, you, you can see pictures of it in my uh, uh, doll Acon review video on the, our YouTube channel um, so there's six S hooks one in the head one to connect the tail and one in each of the four paws, she said she made these hooks by hand because she couldn't oh. get them small enough. Just, I would just believe that insane um, in her interview, she said she wanted to work more on joints and joining um and there's this was one of her I think she was saying one of her first or earlier ones, and there's some things I would like to see improve just to improve the uh um flexibility of it but uh she and a lot of the other doll artists who were into making the pet dolls were saying they're getting a little disenchanted because of the uh well the i think it's the russian market right now the russian artists are like whenever they do something cool the russian artists tend to do it like cooler with a whole bunch more joints but i can Mm -hmm. afford this kitty kitty and I cannot afford an Elio doll. So <laughs> Granted the Elio dolls are like beautifully engineered creatures. Super cool engineered, but they also wouldn't be fluffy. And this kitty I've painted to kind of look like my cat hippopotamus. Um, so Who is a wonderful creature. He's a fluff beast.
0: He is remarkable. Like you you stick your hand like if you put your stick your hand into this cat, it's like your hand disappears in the hair.
1: Yes, it's it's not quite on full forest cat main coon fluff 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 fluff. No, Um, it's definitely
0: like it's like what you when you groom a main coon and what you get when you groom them and then made that into a cat.
1: Yeah, kind of that. Yeah. So granted there's reduced in size. There's still a lot of fluff that's left around my house because of this cat, but yes. So that is, uh, well, one of several convention purchases for me. Uh, another was an Eipel House uh, old outfit that I have on my Tempest. It's one of those body suits that's meant for the either the SID or EIDs, but because and I them. was
0: quite surprised when you said it fit her per like fit her
1: very well. Fits her pretty well. Um, I, I've heard it actually fits guys better. I'm tempted to try to put it on my uh, Orion, uh, my uh, SD13 Folks boy. I can definitely
0: see that because Ippo House's proportions are fairly because they're going for the more like statuesque, realistic look. A yeah. little bit wider in general.
1: Yeah, and and Delfs are pretty. I mean, as as much as they're a little bit more, uh, they're a little bit more fashion dolly portioned slightly than. They've got the long leggies. Folks is kind of trunky and thick and stuff. At least in the old style, folks. Uh, yeah. New style. Well, is I mean, different. if you've
0: ever um, had your hands on one of their like um, SD seventeens, it's like, oh my lord. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so I got that outfit. Um, I got a ring doll art book. Ooh. And I had the opportunity to interview them. I had. I definitely want to talk to you about that experience. <laughs> I got um, a new wig for my Pookie Pookie. It was hand-sewn there, a nice little fur wig, which kind of just gives me another option. And I finally got a silicone cap, which helps her mohair wig actually stay on her head without the use of the magnets that I was using. Um, so that so, was fun.
0: So it sounds like you were able to, even within the very small sort of side section that the doll-dedicated-dealer's room, air quotes, sort of, um, was in. There was a lot of variety in what was available and what you could pick up.
1: Yeah, there really was. There was used stuff, new stuff, um, clothing, dolls, used dolls, customized dolls, um, minis, big ones, oh my god, so big ones. The ring dolls were huge. Oh,
0: I... I you don't realize how big they are. Like I've seen, I've seen a very old ring doll in person. It was like from the teen line or the youth line, yeah, and was like fairly respectable. But what I understand from their larger releases, like the um, Frankenstein's, like that kind of yeah. adult male that they do, they are very big.
1: If uh, way 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 back when, I think it was the Dalshi Hounds or or another. Another, I think the
0: hounds and, might be what you're thinking of. Yeah, and The old, old hounds, like the original hounds with the slightly awkwardly segmented
1: abs <laughs> system going on. I might on. be thinking of that, or I might be actually thinking of some of Bat-Chicks' original boys. Oh, um, no, they're not that tall. I've seen them in person. Well, not the little ones, but the big, big, big ones that I don't think she does anymore. Um... But anyway, I, I remember going to Otakon and there was two of them on the table, and I think they were Sephiroth and uh, um, Sephiroth and either Cloud. Oh, you mean that brief time when she had the boy? Oh, I do know what you mean. I think. I think that was her. It could be totally, totally wrong because it was almost ten years ago now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they give they're, they're that huge and that kind of like, well. Well, their costuming, imposing. is
0: also, is very intricate, and like I can imagine, like they're kind of an overwhelming thing.
1: Yes, the the accessories are amazing. Like each little bit is designed immaculately. Um, they they told me they were using some three uh, D modeling for the accessories, um, and then the fabrics that they choose are all even down to like the knit size of the suit. I was looking at. I was just like totally in awe of this beautiful beautiful thing. So
0: um before we really dive into ring doll which is where we're really headed here and I'm really excited to talk to you about it and like have your impressions outside of the interviews that we got to see. Um we you were talking about how we have like some of the dealers were saying, "Oh, it would be nice if we got sort of the guy off the street who is isn't purposefully just here for BJD's to come by." Um. Do you happen to know why there's such a separation between the dealers, the doll dealers, and the actual dealer's room, or f- you're not quite sure?
1: There's a few reasons. It was a conscious decision on the the, the uh, minds of the people who organized Doll Acon for several reasons, just because of the high-cost merchandise and being able to secure it at night without uh, removing everything from the room. Um, so that was a the, a very, very important reason but also because people in the ball-jointed doll hobby, dolls are a very, very soothing thing. And a lot of people in the ball-jointed doll hobby are there because it's soothing and good for their mind and good for their soul. And one of the things that that kind of group doesn't often work well with is very large crowds and loud noises. So it's also partial to being accommodating for the community that that enjoys these dolls and gains benefits from these dolls as something that improves their everyday life for their mental or physical benefit.
0: So in a large part it sounds like a lot of their conscious choices about where the sort of doll dictate deco- dedicated events are happening or such as the dealer's room being in this smaller space it's sort of a little bit off the beaten path is about curating the experience of the doll owner
1: yes so so the doll owner is comfortable the doll owner is happy they they have a place to get away from the crazy of everything else um and that they can be comfortable and talk and hear each other like Going through the dealer's room, like there's, you're always bumping into someone else, sliding past someone else. Like, it's 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 like sardine space in there. like you're everybody's tucked in.
0: Despite the like two and a half football fields of space, I know from Odokon experience that despite having a large space, it sometimes it's just not enough.
1: Yeah, because everybody's trying to browse everything, and when you get into how much room there is to browse a single store, there's not that much. And everybody's trying to browse the same darn store, Um, right? Right. So So that
0: that brings up an interesting contrast there. Yes. Where on one hand, you the and I think it's a common in a lot of other experiences I've had with um, like the Volk store or being at one of the doll dedicated conventions or um, kind of doll shows is really a better word for it over there. There's a very strong emphasis on the curated experience. Where there is a certain sense that we want to have a calm about what is happening, like and sort of like an artistic, artistic, um, experiential, artistic uh, event, so to speak. You're sort of you are becoming part of the aesthetic of what you are um, interacting with, but at the same time, it does mean that there's people who might have been delighted to see them or might not even even known they were interested who never got to see them.
1: Yeah, which we, like I said, we did get a few people in there. I think I might have talked their ear off a little bit because I'm just <laughs> I'm really sure they enjoyed every moment, excited about it and the culture behind it and how it all fits in. But I haven't even talked about the other room. So the other room is for the panels. It's also where I did my, the the two panels, my my, my three panels? Did I have three panels or two panels? <laughs> I think you did too. Okay, I think I did two panels. I'm then, pretty sure you did too. And then I took but... the panels on how to put my doll together. I overlooked someone's um, uh, painting, uh, how to paint a doll in a fantasy face up style um, tutorial. I also went to two different ones at night, like because I said I get I got freer at night which was nice because you were running until about 6 p.m. with your volunteering. And I also told them that like I, I, my my day to day I am awake in the morning and at night my brain just turns off. (laughs) So (laughs) they they respected that, which was pretty good. Um, Yeah. So there was some really cool ones at night that were about like dolls and horror movies and dolls in, um, in not folklore kind of, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, those were really fun to watch. And it was really fun to watch the, um, they, they were, the, the gal apparently always does these panels on like horror based things. And she was always, she was upset at first that they, they didn't have a toilet ghost for the one doll, uh, panel. And then she realized she did. And then she's like, why are, why is Japan so obsessed with toilet ghosts anyway? And, because that's terrifying. <laughs> well, and then me and another person said, do you know what a Japanese-style toilet looks like?
0: <laughs> do you realize that you have
1: to take off your pants and squat in a very awkward position on the ground, awkwardly and potentially dangerously, above this porcelain thing with a hole that's very large and just leads into nowhere? <laughs> And, if, and suddenly everything made sense. Oh, um, yes. And, and, and also,
0: it, if you've ever gone traveling, when you're in the middle of, like, a very, like, off-beaten path, like, park area, all they have are these old, like, very unsettling, like, the traditional-style toilets. But in a... It, they, it's easy to understand
1: why. <laughs> yes, when you think about that, it's very easy to understand why. And I, I recommend know. figuring out how to use them, because... If it's, oh, it's you very and useful. and a bunch of people in a touristy area, all the Western-style toilets are going to be taken. Or not exist. So you can go on the other one while everybody waits in the line for that one.
0: Yay! And it's it's actually it's not actually that scary. You get used to it.
1: It's fine. It's very clean and hygienic. As long as you don't miss and hit your pants.
0: Well, that is a special skill that you do have to learn.
1: Yeah, that. that... <laughs> I did not pass the first time. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: Granted, but regardless, it, like,
1: it sounds like you learned a lot that you didn't know before. Yeah, I, I did get to learn a lot of things. And, you know, dolls and folklore, like, that that's, like, a whole other interesting topic. Well, that we could... has been, like, such a thing for you for a long time, regardless. Yeah, yeah. And just dolls and folklore and the idea of puppets and people. And, and there's so many things where, like... So many myths of dolls getting possessed and things like that. I mean, like, it's it's a big, 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 big thing. But anyway, now, now you so can take was, it. Um,
0: so I take it to mean that for the programming for the doll Acon section of Akon, there was only one panel room, sort of, this, because usually a panel room is, like, has a theme to it throughout the weekend. Like, panel room two is the cultural and folklore Japanese stuff of, that will panels will be in here and then panel room four will be the fandom explanation panels sort of thing. And so did we have like this panel room is just running BJD programming this whole weekend
1: and it's not going to be anywhere else. And that's exactly it. And in fact, in the back of the room, they had the, um, the charity auction items in the back and they were constantly taking uh, bids in on those uh, throughout the weekend Oh, wow. Uh, And uh, raffle tickets for some of the items as well, yes.
0: Uh, And these items would be donated items from, say, different dealers or manufacturers?
1: Yes, some that were there, some that were not. Some from even just uh, collectors in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, ball-jointed doll community. Oh, wow, that's really lovely that there was such a mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There was one or two ring doll items up for for auction, which was fun. Um, Some things uh, didn't even get... Bits on them until the end so yay so really there's it sounded like there was a wide
0: range of items where like if you want to bid on something that's like a $20 item you could and if you wanted to bid on that 300 or 400 or whatever $100 item there
1: was also that yes and and the starting bids because they were all donated were all and because the money was going towards charity and towards keeping the the um the function going they were all lower almost half price of the initial estimated values of it oh wow so Did you happen
0: to see like what was the highest price anything got to
1: um not sure but if you look at my my video once again you can probably see some of the images of the things that were there um, right right it's important uh, another fun thing not not important really but you know for us as a well we're,
0: do- we're doing our wrap-ups Sort of overview, we've we, you've brought you a lot of content from Dolly Con, and now here's sort of the overview of what it was like, and thinking yeah. back on it, and everything else.
1: Um, in this room, we would have doll socials, and uh, beginning of the doll social, everybody would uh, put their name on a ticket, and put it in for a little raffle for prizes, and then at the end of the doll social, people would get just free prizes. It was just... Nice to kind of get everybody in, everybody together, everybody excited for things. It was kind of... It was almost like the little mini doll meet within the giant doll meet in a way because people would get together and show off their dolls and stuff. So
0: those were like regularly scheduled events within the sort of socializing section of the dealer's section.
1: Yeah, though this was... This one was actually in the uh, panel room, which is actually... uh, One of my oddball complaints about it is that for a social... um, Having long, 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 long tables where you have to shuffle in like a movie theater doesn't work very well. It it doesn't really.
0: It's not conducive to looking at the person across the table or like the five people there and be like,
1: oh, hey. I mean, like people kind of worked it out, flipped chairs around, grouped up, talked on the side, all those things. There was lovely deep window wells by the windows that people could put dolls and things down on, which was nice. Oh, that's really lovely
0: sort of atmosphere. So it sounds like you had like a really. Night like the um programming for the Doll Acon, while it's sort of restricted for a variety of reasons, it sounded like it was very thoughtfully put together.
1: Yes, it was. Um and and I know I know they're gonna need um more um volunteers next year. Just an able body that's able to be there when they're scheduled. That's that's all you need to do is understand English. Be able to work a long time. And not even work that hard. You could just be sitting. Um, we had people in the beginning just putting together goodie bags. Just, you know, be there, be cheerful, and be willing to, like, help out with something. Um, it's
0: really rewarding to be a part of programming that provides something that you yourself enjoy. Because it's the best kind of motivator. Is like, you know what, this is, like, the reaction of... This is cool, and I'm helping make the cool thing happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I can trace this all back to um, shucks. Was it an anime? Next, my sister and I were cosplaying as in children. Cloud and oh, this was Sephiroth. a while ago. Before the movie was released, we were just basing it off of the little trailers and whatever artwork and things that were released, including that like cell phone picture because yeah Cloud actually had that cell phone and um, was like
0: oh my goodness product placement in a show about a game
1: <laughs> so there was a there was a wonderful wonderful um, uh, I'm not sure at this point in my memory if I should say gentleman or woman but uh, the the lovely woman was person. cosplaying uh, was a person of color was cosplaying lust um in this beautiful dark purple version of the outfit and it was really really cool less from uh Full Metal alchemist which was one of my favorite shows and she helped me figure out um because I wanted to see who won the previous night they, they actually figured out that it was my sister and I but we had to leave early cuz my sister had work and things and uh, she and when sat you say there... win
0: you mean the cosplay contest yeah we did
1: <laughs> But that's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is this wonderful person with me as basically a young lady at an anime convention, helped talk me, we talked about things, was helpful there, and I, it just made me realize like the wonderful things that people just take their time to do so everybody else can do what they want to do at a convention. And it's yeah, being important. one of the
0: helping forces is really more rewarding than you might imagine. And it means a lot to the other people there.
1: Yes. You will get tired and you will hear some weird stories and some terrifying stories.
0: Well, conventions are sort of a breeding ground. for
1: <laughs> For humans and humanity.
0: For all sorts of interesting things to happen because we're creating... This is a slightly off topic related topic, but the even an anime, like in particular, like anime conventions, sci fi conventions, and Dull Akon by extension are these beautiful liminal spaces that we create together as a community where you are sort of able, it feels friendlier than the normal day to day social existence that we have. There's sort of, like, because it's a lot of volunteers who are working very, very hard to be able to provide something for other people who all kind of are really into the same thing. And that camaraderie is a really important part of a well-functioning event, which I'm glad to hear that Doll Acon seems to have grasped that idea within the larger Acon, And being able to be one of those people who can help bring that experience to others is, like, so cool.
1: <laughs> very cool. So... You want to talk about Ringdoll?
0: I want to talk about Ringdoll. Oh my goodness, because you were able to sit down with basically the head guy of Ringdoll and what
1: they do, and uh, have a wonderful
0: conversation through a interpreter
1: translator. Yes, I wish I had written down the gosh darn interpreters' um, uh, names. I, I just. Were there
0: was there more than one um, handler who was working with him? Yeah,
1: there was. Uh, there was one guy. Um, as I look up the, the 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 main guy that I interview. <laughs> well,
0: um, while you do that, a thing I do know about translation is that there's very. If they're following the rules, there's sort of strict hour limits on how long you can be actively being um, an interpreter for foreign language or sign language or anything else. I think it's about two hour- two It's either two hours or five hours that you like. You can do it for that long, and then you have to have a break because it is extraordinarily physically and mentally. Um, it uses your brain an incredible amount, and you can only keep that up for so long. So I would imagine they had at least two people switching in and out. Yes,
1: and and at the uh, the panel, there was a question and answer panel for them. They they did have them two of them there just to to help fill in because translating Chinese to English is interesting. Um,
0: it takes a little bit of creativity, right? Considering, I mean, at least with Ch- like Chinese still has like the word order that we have, but there's some significant differences that kind of make the jumping back and forth fairly mentally intensive i'd imagine
1: and as far as i know there is not the the profoundly large amount of loan words that are present in the japanese language yes so, <laughs> so you yes. can't
0: kind of smudge it
1: <laughs> so Huangshan, shan at um, uh, s h a n s y b l l on twitter um is the ring doll chief designer slash famous fashion designer slash artist slash famous cosplayer slash famous sculptor from China. and I did not know
0: the cosplayer part actually until I had mentioned to a friend of mine like who's also sort of tangentially in the doll hobby, and I was mentioning oh a friend of mine got to do an interview with ring doll because ring dolls one, a company that they are very particularly invested in. And she went, "Oh about it, and mentioned to me like that, "Oh, and they're also really well known cosplay has some really interesting perspective on cosplay as a hobby internationally and how it's different in different
1: countries and I was like, "I never knew this the The gentleman was brilliant um intelligent uh had some very inter- very interesting views about art, but i will I will be very, very simple for a short moment and say." He was a very beautiful gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) He had long hair that was his own gosh darn hair, as far as I could tell, and it was silky and pretty, and his skin was glowing and fresh, and everything was put together and kept and he also did panels there on cosplay and in cosplay and it was actually after i believe or before one of these panels that he came to me for the interview and i am very 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 grateful that he took the time to do so um i i got when you were mentioning about the translators i, nice. I was told that i did a very good job but just to remember when somebody's translating for you Occasionally, if it's a longer concept, you have to stop before you begin <laughs> the next concept. You
0: need to give the person time to take the input they just received and turn it into output. And you can't just, like... If you try, try to think about you sitting there and someone talking at you for a minute and them stopping and you having to start from the start of that minute... And then translate it.
1: It's, it's hard. <laughs> it's insane. And I felt a little bad and I said, thank you very much. I'm sorry if I was trouble. And he's like, no, I thought it was really good and I thought all your questions were really good. And I felt like very like bashful during the entire interview underneath the table, my knees were shaking.
0: I do oh, I can only imagine. Think,
1: I don't think I've had my knees shake. And since like, Maybe 20 years ago when I went on the Tower of Terror in Walt Disney World? Oh, no. Because <laughs> this is like, like, we
0: we've, you, we you spent some time during the weekend, like, talking to different makers of things. And I know, generally, you're a fairly affable, charismatic person. But I think this is the first person you that you have really interviewed who's, like, a capital A, like, capital letters AB. Person,
1: like right, like a and person
0: who is like, a f- not famous is not quite the word, but known of we'll import s- and presence in not only the hobby
1: but in other places in the world as well. Not to mention, I think it was my first interview of the weekend, and it was oh also, no, it so was you also, started out hard. <laughs> it was also my last interview to be published from just the sheer fear of doing that i would do something terribly wrong with m- making an audio podcast where th- uh, most of the the listeners would only be able to listen to half of the darn thing um but yeah oh, because of, of course half of the recording is in chinese yes um and i would have to say like i don't know if it was i wasn't feeling fear i was feeling nervous and there was adrenaline and the adrenaline needed to go somewhere, and it couldn't go to my hands because my hands were on the table and the mic was on the table. Oh, yeah, no, you couldn't, you're you not going to rattle that around. No, so instead, my legs moved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's that when you're looking over a cliff and you're like, you know what, I just gotta, I gotta do it. And you just have to jump off the cliff, but as you're doing it, it's why you scream.
1: Yeah, I, I call this... <laughs> I call this application of of energy. Um, Like I said, I'm not quite sure. I- in my panel, I said, I'm not quite sure what the heck adrenaline has to do with shopping on an online website. And I'm not sure what adrenaline has to do with making my, my time and performance better at doing an interview. But you know, okay, if I get the energy, I'm going to put it somewhere. <laughs> well, anytime there
0: is this like, adrenaline is the flight or fight response but it's also like sort of it's the energy your body gives you when you need a boost to get survival happen and sometimes survival is smiling pleasantly at this gorgeous person in front of you who is extremely <laughs> intelligent well-spoken and you're just like in this state of oh god i have to match this
1: <laughs> there was a moment because i had done this interview first and I think it was the next day that they did the question and answer session, and they had begun the question and answer session. And I, they, I let a few questions go by, and I was writing down thoughts and notes. And then after a little while, I sheepishly slowly raised my hands, and the and oh the, no, and of course he's going to know who you are. <laughs> the translator looked at me and pointing says, "No, not you." And he's like, "Not just kidding." <laughs> And we we all laughed for a moment, because I... I and no, I, no one else
0: in the room, of course, has any idea what they're referring to. No, uh,
1: but it, it was... I mean, a lot of people knew that I was there, and for Nino Bingo, and I was wearing my... I got an Eda book bag, which I was attempting to make a little space for my Pookie Pookie in, but it only kind of half worked, because it kind of looked like she was face-planting against the so she look
0: more like Han Solo inside the Carbonite? Yeah,
1: I was kind of <laughs> doing that a little, yeah. Um... But uh, instead, I just kind of had the, the printout of the logo in the bag, so I was wa- wearing that around. Plus, I had oh, my little so cool. uh, cat hat on that I had worn for a lot of the videos just to make me... For, for those that this don't they do, have... To
0: have a style brand,
1: the Becca brand. <laughs> well, I think about it that way, but I also think about it this way. Um, I've seen other people and podcasters do it, but for me, what it does is... I don't have good facial recognition skills. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going around a convention and I want to meet someone that might be interesting to me, if I can recognize them some other way, it's very helpful to me. <laughs> so I think about it that way as well. Cause right, I just, right. I don't remember faces very well, particularly if I don't see them all that much. I will recognize right. a voice before I'll recognize a face. So Becca, what question did you ask? Uh, if I had my notebook with me, I could tell you. Um, <laughs> Memory wiped. Too much is going on. It was also two months ago. Give me a break, man. <laughs> I, I asked. I asked two or three more questions that kind of other people's questions kind of led me to think about and things like that. Um, right, right. As this oh, happens, sometimes. I did. I, I do remember one of my questions that I asked, which was. Um, because China has a very large, disparate, different type of climates. Um, and and resin... people and cultural
0: groups and all sorts of things, too. Well, yes.
1: And resin is prone to difficulties when trying to set with high humidity. I was trying to ask um, if they, they had any environmental factors in place to make sure that the resin set properly. At first, it was translated awkwardly in environmental quite... Got into the the talk about the environmental resin, how it's not toxic and things like that, because that used to be an issue in the hobby. Um, right. Then it got translated a little better, and I, I think I got I got an answer, um, so that was good. So overall, how would you rate your doll Acon experience? Um, nine point five out of ten for exhausting. <laughs> um. 10 out of 10 for for brain brain stimulation, for for knowledge and learning and personal endeavors and things like that, Um, uh, about uh, 8.5 out of 10 for satisfaction in volunteering. Um, My tasks weren't that difficult, but I knew they were important at the same time. But I right. like difficult things. Um, and for overall enjoying the convention, it was around about a 7 out of 10 just because I was spending so much time um, volunteering and um, recording and doing panels and just generally making sure everything was fine and, you know, seeing if I had the bed or the floor that night. Hmm. But the um, most of the time I had a... Little time in the middle of the day, and sometime at the end of the night when the only like the game areas were open. Right, right. Which, by the way, I learned how to play Hanafuda. Um, I, Koi oh, that's that a fun game to play. Yes, I learned how to play Koi Koi. I bought one of the Nintendo branded with Nintendo seal of approval decks. Oh,
0: I've always wanted one of the Nintendo
1: Hanafuda sets. <laughs> yes, I bought <laughs> bought that for nineteen dollars, and I brought it home, and now me and my for, husband um, those play of that.
0: For you don't know, Nintendo started out as a card company.
1: Yes, and Hanafuda started out as a game because they had successfully made subsequent types of cards after the, I believe the Dutch brought over cards. Um, they made them illegal and illegal and legal because people used them to gamble with, and eventually they just gave up because they knew they would just find another card. It sounds like American Prohibition. Yeah, so that's <laughs> the, the, the last, I think the last set of cards they ended up with was the Hanafuda cards which literally means flower cards i believe and there's a whole system about how
0: they're put together and there's a season thing and the flowers the months and all sorts of really cool stuff you can really dig into with the game and how it's played and how the matching works and everything else
1: yes so so Lindsay, so, we're at about i don't know we're getting closer to an hour here is there anything else you want to ask about doll Acon?
0: Well, I did have two more questions for you. prepared to go to wrap us up. Okay. The first question is, did you get a chance to enjoy the
1: greater convention of ACON? I went to one panel, maybe two. One was on podcasting. It was actually somebody that worked at a radio station, and that was very nice. Oh, that's had, a really great perspective to get. I actually had a concurrent um, appointment for... Uh, volunteering and I asked the coordinator if I would be able to do this because it's kind of my thing it's and sort she, of the
0: whole thing you're bringing to Acon,
1: <laughs> and she she graciously uh, was able to do it it was early enough in the morning that right. not much is happening there so she, she was very gracious to, to allow that um, and I obviously I went into the theater's room and enjoyed that and I'm trying to remember if I went to even any other panels or viewed any things. I I got to enjoy a lot of the uh cosplay in the, the halls and things like that, but other than that, nah.
0: <laughs> so, Becca, would you say you'd go to Dollacon again?
1: I would like to go but i would like to spend uh, almost contra- contradictory i would like to spend more time on myself to kind of enjoy mm. cons because i don't go to cons that often enough to feel like when i'm there for volunteering i'm not missing out on something right I don't right. attend that many other ones but i would also like to work on what i can bring as media more. I would like to be able to simulcast panels. I would like to be able to do day of reviews and videos and interviews and have them published by that night and things right. like that. So I'd like to have more freedom for myself during the day, but to sort would... of be that media
0: arm of. Sharing the experience with other people via the via, via the sort of platform we are sort of building for ourselves here.
1: Exactly. But at night, I would like the time to take anything that I recorded and everything and, like, publish it and edit it almost immediately.
0: And yeah. And
1: for that to happen, that would have to be, like, one of my only things that I was doing there. And not have to worry about guarding doors or things like that.
0: Oh, yeah. And hopefully, if the stars align, if you want to go to Dale Doll Acon next year, hopefully, I'll be able to go with you. And that should heavily reduce the pressure.
1: (laughs) And once again, I blame this all on my dear, dear professor. If he's there next year, I will probably also be there next year maybe i don't know it's still a $300 plane ticket and then everything mm-hmm. else to do there and then if i'm not volunteering i also have to pay the price for the ticket and yeah and then also if i'm not volunteering i also have to pay the price for the room unless they could consider me full on media in which case maybe not i don't know well we'll have to see what things are like
0: about around june next year and see where we're at and where the situations are at but it sounds like you had a wonderful, valuable experience at Doll Acon and pretty much took a good, you, you did all the good things that you should do at a convention to really enjoy it. You participated in panels. You went and talked to people and had those personal connections. You chatted up the dealers. You had wonderful interviews, including talking to Ring Doll himself. <laughs> and. Yes, really. It's a really great example of how to take advantage of the limited time you have. But do you have any one final sort of pieces of advice for anyone who's interested in doll acon in general, or they're
1: maybe not really down, like, familiar with the convention experience? They want to maybe try it out. If you're interested in dolls and you want to see them in person, and you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there is a good, good gosh darn chance that you're already going to Acon because of your friends, because of coinciding interests and things like that. Go ahead and drop into doll Acon. It's You're going to learn a lot there. Everybody there is passionate about the dolls. And you don't have to walk away with a doll. But you can learn about them and see which one's right for you and see if they are right for you. And it's a great place to go and look and see the whole breadth of different styles of them Um, which you don't usually get to do because they're all bought on the internet and they live in this funny little flat screen for most of your life until you get to a place like this. So that's really invaluable.
0: So would you say that one of the best things you could do is be willing to say hello to folks and take in everything that you can possibly experience sort of walking around?
1: Oh, yeah. And take if you're like me, take notes because there's going to be so much, especially if you're new, That you won't remember everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And lucky for us, you recorded several of the interviews you got to have some great conversations with, including uh, two people who are really essential to Doll Acon itself. So we have the benefit of having those recordings and being able to share them with everybody else.
1: Oh, yes. And um, yeah, that was really good. So so we were talking about our, our position next year financially and what we'd be able to do. Sometimes... That comes down to whether I want to spend $300 on a plane ticket, plus whatever for the, a convention, plus whatever for the room. Or if I want to try and do crazy things and save up for Volk's Dolphy Dream 9S and 2 b from near Automata. Oh, are they officially doing, um, uh, licensed...
0: I just cannot remember the proper yes. words or anything lately, uh, the licensed... Have license has announced easy. that
1: they are doing this for Square Enix. There's only a poster so far. Wow. Nothing official as far as releases or anything like that.
0: Well, you know Volk's. They're fairly conservative about anything they do if they're not quite sure if they can fully commit to it. So they manage expectations very carefully.
1: <laughs> and with that graceful, graceful segue, so begins Ningo Bingo Bits. Um, yeah, so... So 9S and 2B, and basically all of their interesting kind of um, tie-in dolls, they're very interesting to me, and I've always thought about getting one, but there's never been one that really fits with me, but I really like NieR Automata and the designs and everything. Um, oh, wow. I have yet to play the game, but I want to play the game. I just haven't sat down to play the game yet. Um
0: Well, they're definitely right up the alley of the dominant aesthetic in the Japanese doll hobby with the way that they're designed. And I'm interested to see how Volks interprets their outfits, which are very intricate on a certain level.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of embroidery and things like that. Um, I'm actually... I've actually, through thought, have decided against buying the official one. And there is a set that someone has created that for... Um, about 120 US dollars that includes the wig and boots that I'm probably going to get and I'm going to build it piece by piece. Cause I've actually... And this is for both of them or just for the one? <laughs> well, I'll start with I'll, I'll start with um, 2B.
0: Okay. <laughs> and
1: because I've looked at the full sets and I've determined that that's not satisfying to me to just buy it and have it sit there. Like uh, I just it's it. the hunt. It's the hunt for you, <laughs> right? And I, I, for for a doll to be really a part of my group and me feel highly attached to, I have to have some sort of creative process in it. Um, so the more I I sit there and design it and put it together, the more attached I get. So now see. I'm looking into uh, ways of painting Dolphy dream faces and which head I want and which skin tone I want and things like that. And this all becomes a lot more satisfying to me, just as I have said a million times before, this is what makes me satisfied in the doll hobby. Not simply the purchase, but the creative aspect.
0: Putting a bit of yourself and your conscious aesthetic choices into them rather than passively receiving a beautiful finished product.
1: Which brings me to my next point, is which uh, Danny Chu has uh, an... Announced in just two photos, three photos or so so far, that he's working on an injected, injection molded smart doll. So you'll put together this doll much like a model kit. Um, so this would be
0: we're talking about a hard plastic body that is being put together, similar to
1: how the Inoas are. Well, even even more than that, it's exactly like a Gundam. So you actually snap together. The pieces and everything.
0: Oh, so with the way that the joints are built into as like small pieces that you are snapping. So it looks like there might
1: be pieces and spots. This is like, yeah, it's very interesting. There's a lot about this that is like going back to the start. I know. That's what I love about it. Back to like resin uh, kits and kit bashing and things like that. I, I like sort of the origin of the hobby, which, if you're interested in hearing about that, I think we talk about it
0: in our Volks episode. Yes, about where the hobby came from. Um, which is long story short, garage kits. Yes, and that sort of sense of of building something blank into something beautiful that is personally your own. So, and do you know what size
1: range that the injected molded um dolls are intended to be? Yes, in fact, because there is uh pictures on his Twitter. And I think on his news site, I'm not sure, but at least on the the, the Twitter, um, that shows a normal Mirai next to the injection molded one, and it says, I can't tell them apart, can you?
0: Oh, so it's going to be full
1: size. Uh Uh-huh. And not vinyl. Uh Uh-huh. That's interesting.
0: I'm so they're for one, they're, they're taking the architecture of the inner skeleton that they use on the smart doll. I can only assume because they put a lot of engineering into that,
1: and that was already injection molded um, to create exactly. Those.
0: So they're going to take that engineering and then take it into full, like a full solid part of limbs that then fit together.
1: And I, for one, welcome our uh, ABS plastic uh, replacements because. Uh, the the whole deal with being ha- vinyl being highly porous and prone to staining and getting dirty and and they're and difficult to paint difficult I don't know I've I've only tried small vinyl heads so far so I can't speak much to that but um oh my gosh I totally forgot to talk about. Painting my uh, 3D printed doll. Well, we can take care of that in a whole other episode. Um, We'll have a whole 3D printing episode eventually.
0: We're not done yet, folks. We still have plenty of
1: miles of topics to run. Yeah, it seems like the more I learn is the more episodes I need to do. Um, Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm looking forward to these dolls being able to wear clothes and me not being terrified of ripping the vinyl or staining... The vinyl or things like that so
0: i'll be interested to see how the hobby reacts to a like injection molded plastic at that scale and oh. also to see how
1: well how well they hold up yeah the p- people my my husband was said he wasn't sure about that either um but i you know my entry into the hobby was the the resin boys and girls and they certainly don't have squishy milk parts of you would. Oh my
0: god. I know what you're
1: referencing, but... <laughs> yeah, for some of you old, old, old collectors out here, that was for oh, you. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, he's Danny Chu's also going to be, I think, next month, September or October, he's going to be in uh, New York Anime is a convention coming up, so he's actually going to be on the East Coast. Surface. Oh, is New
0: York attempting an anime convention again?
1: Uh, yeah, there's like one... Actually, next month or this month? Um, well, there's
0: FlameCon, which is happening, which has been gaining some steam, which is an LGBTQ plus um, focused uh, anime convention. But.
1: Hmm. but yeah, so he's going to be around. And so you'll maybe, maybe be able to get to see him or have him sm- sign a murai inside the head or something like that. If you oh, said um, a, a, brief,
0: a brief aside to explain my own comment. Um, New York keeps... There's attempts at having an anime convention in New York that it happens now and again. And the last time this was happening, New York anime convention then became a sub-convention of New York Comic Con and then died an inglorious and quiet death.
1: The first anime convention I ever went to was Big Apple Anime Festival. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. That was So there, there has been long yet time to ago. be
0: an anime-focused convention that has really managed to have any staying power in New York as far as I can remember it. And FlameCon has started a little bit, and I will be interested to see how well this
1: anime convention works. Yeah, let me Google this really quick. Let's see. Danny Chu, New York Anime. Like, where are they having it? Where is it? Who's running it? Is it an industry convention? It's called Anime NYC. And Is it on the college campus? It's called AnimeNYC.com, um, Javits Center, New York City.
0: Oh, that's the same place
1: that they do um, Comic-Con. Um, and I, I will say this, whoever they got for a graphic designer makes it a nice, clean, professional-looking convention, so hopefully it's a nice, Sounds clean, professional- like Sounds like it's industry, then. Actual convention, probably, probably more industry, yeah. Oh, Powered by Crunchyroll, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, we'll see if the industry-driven version of a convention in New York manages to, oh yeah. beat the curse. I guess. <laughs> and, and and since I have it in front of me now, it's November seventeenth through the nineteenth, twenty seventeen. For those of oh. you in the far future. Well, that'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh Javits Center can
0: be a little difficult to get to. Um, <laughs> I've had. I- I've I've never really particularly enjoyed that particular um, convention center. The few times I've been up there, but it might be different at a newer con that isn't nearly as crowded as NYCC gets.
1: Yeah, I want to see. I want to see if I can get there. Maybe I can. Who knows? We'll see what November brings. I definitely. <laughs> I have no more days off, so I can't do the Friday. But well, um, maybe
0: we can see how you get up there, and if you get to me, well, there's um a train station nearby that can probably take you the rest of the way. that will be cool. But um. That okay. logistics aside, Danny Chu will be there, and maybe he'll have one of the injected molded prototypes.
1: <laughs> that would be really cool. I don't know how far along they are. He showed another image of the uh, stamping stations, because th- instead of the airbrushing, well, he said the, the blushing would still be airbrushed, but everything else would be done via stamp, instead of the...
0: Uh, when he says stamp, what does he mean? Uh,
1: you, you'll have to look at the um, the image. It kind of it looks like almost like a drill press, except what you're going to be pressing down is the stamp to put the paint on the face. Sounds like
0: he's trying to find ways to more fully automate the process.
1: Right, right, At least for these, which would keep the cost of the kit lower. He already released the one like put together kind of kit that was a good, I think 200 US dollars or so lower than the, the, uh, the average um, smart doll kind of set. So, which are, I think, a limited quantity, but so this should be even lower than that, which would be fun. And I would just have gosh darn fun putting it together um, because I like things like that.
0: Yeah, that's actually sort of makes a smart doll a little bit more appealing to me, though. It does remind me of how Volk. speaking of people who are doing the vinyl doll in a different way, um, I know Danny Chu recently was like, "I am going." I have ha- recently released a male Smart Doll, which is slightly ahead of the curve of what Volks recently did. Who also are now releasing a male Dolphy Dream.
1: Yes, it started with I think it was Kirito from um, Sword Art Online, and then they did the. One we're of the, talking Volks here, yeah, and then they did one of the two twins. Oh, from uh, Vocaloid. It was a Rin- Vocaloid, yeah, Rins. Ren and Len. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for knowing things. Um, <laughs> and they I know obviously people. and nine s or nines. <laughs> that that one's also going to be a guy. So yeah. they're they're rolling the boys out. Um, it sounds
0: like looking at the structure of how these dolls are made, I can't imagine it's that big of a production line change to make the. Because it it does seem that the inner skeleton that is the base of of the vinyl dolls is not different between the female and the male? Or is the legs a little bit longer, perhaps?
1: I don't think they are. In fact, um, Danny Chu specifically said it isn't different and the clothes fit on both. For Volks, they have two male bodies that are slightly different. But one's basically, as far as I can understand, based off of the Dolphy Dream sister skeleton, which is slightly more petite, and one's based off of the Dolphy Dream three, I believe, skeleton, which is So all they really bigger. need to do
0: is change the design of two of the pieces in the entire set, really.
1: If they want to and be the, the basic. skeleton
0: can stay the same. Which I frankly find very interesting because it introduces a sense of mix and match, which I've always really loved. This is one reason why I'm drawn to Volks, is because you can mix and match uh, traditionally considered to be gendered sort of of profiles between bodies and limbs and things and like allowing you to do that mix and match and introducing that into the Dolphy where I really like playing with like sort of gender presentation and expectations in the dolls that I have. That's like super exciting for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'd like to see they they've recently done Super Dolphy and or Super Dolphy sixteen muscular arms be kind of cool to see how that would work or fit on oh, the ladies.
0: I, I mean, okay, my relationship with the Dolphy Dreams is that every time I see them in photographs, I am not particularly taking with them, which is my general reaction to most folks dolls. But when I see them in person, you can see the subtlety in like the faces and the way they're sculpted and I start to fall in love with them again. But yeah. the idea of perhaps like I really enjoy the saber sculpt for the head which a lot of people do it's not yes. a rare thing but the saber sculpt head which is a bit more serious a bit more sharper jaw plus male muscular arms. Ooh. Heh. Yeah. Yeah, we're having this yeah, we can just stare into the distance for a moment. Heh. Yeah.
1: So let's crash that dream. Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and have everybody uh, visualize the the one thing that got everybody really talking within the last few months, which was, uh, I'm going to pronounce this terribly wrong because I am not Chinese, Hui Zhang, H-U-I-Z, H-U-I-X-I-A-N-G, by Angel of Dream, which is a 58-centimeter woman who is pregnant. Mm. Um, pregnancy in dolls are is not a new thing. It's happened a long time, and I'm sure there's very old historic uh notions of it um well, if
0: you think about it and you think back to childhood, how many dolls aimed at girls featured a doll that could that had like either a smaller baby figure within a stomach that was replaceable, which I know Barbie did Barbie and, did or there was, one was other like one. presenting. The structure for the girls to want to like try try to imprint upon you that pregnancy was the end game of life.
1: Yes. Oh, uh, but how about this one for some one that was a little less weird than the the Barbie one? Do you remember Puppy Surprise and Kitty Surprise? Oh yeah, I had one. Okay, so for those of you that don't remember this, um, they were f- little fluffy um, plush dogs toys. and cats who had. Uh, Vinyl actually faces, um, not the whole head, just kind of almost like a face plate, because I can use that in this group, um, that was sewn into it. And the bottom had a Velcro section, almost like opening up a purse, and on the inside you were not, did not know, but you could have anywhere from I think one to five or one to six either puppies and kitties on the inside, but you didn't know how many there were until you bought the doll and brought it home and opened it. I got three puppies. I recall having one that had four. (laughs) I got three puppies. My sister got five kittens. Of course. So jelly. I can
0: imagine. They were pretty hot when I, I remember like this being elementary school for me, which was a good 25. I'm not going into the number now.
1: Yeah. 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 But anyway, so, so we've always had this. And the one way that, Dolls never seem to give birth to an actual child. Doll is through the uterine canal. Like no, no one actually.
0: The human body barely manages this biological trick. We cannot ask resin to do the same.
1: I, I know every all dolls are cesarean except for um, the, the um, angel of dream one. Um, that one actually comes out the back. Uh, there's actually a thing in the back and you can see the string g- that goes through the doll which looks a little unnerving, you can take the doll out. So number one thing You did that- not
0: see the tilt my head did. Yeah. trying to vision envision
1: this. And I'm just going to do a terrible thing and open my web browser because I want to make sure it's I'm, I said Angel of Dream and now I'm not sure cuz I wrote AOD down. I'm, I, I, I want to make sure like it's Angel of Doll, or
0: I think Angel Ring of Dream. did not did not Ring Doll's Bride of Frankenstein have a similar thing?
1: It might have. I, we, we can look that up. Yeah, it is Angel of Dream. Um, so, number one thing to note because it has to fit into her belly, and most people commented that the belly is actually fairly small and sh- does not represent a, a full pregnancy. <laughs> Right. Um, the other thing is the the child that comes out is very, very, very tiny. Like, like the head is about the same width as her eyes, and the expression on this doll's face is supposed to be very happy. In fact, I think they had another doll like this with this expression, but it's it's supposed to represent the mirth of like maternity and motherly love and excitement um but because it's just kind of frozen there with the squinted eyes and the mouth that's smiling so widely that all the front teeth show it just kind of looks a little unnerving actually you know
0: that thing that we've talked about and it's talked about sometimes a lot like not infrequently in the hobby is the uncanny valley yeah so- and um, the when the uncanny valley effect hits, it's when something is human but not human enough. <laughs> Where yes. it's it's, it's t- so human enough that you start triggering your um, reaction to a person, but then you run head headfirst into that this is not actually a living thing, so it becomes fairly uncomfortable. And there's also so much potentially toxic weight around the pregnant body.
1: Yeah. That when you
0: combine that with a somewhat uncanny presentation of like this, it feels like it's missing the right emotional note. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I feel like it would be interesting if she actually looked thicker rather than thinner, like she actually put on weight for the baby. Like, you probably would if she actually had a full belly, like she was actually having the child. Um, Well, it's
0: also, like, it goes into a discussion that hopefully we'll be able to have a chat about in another episode more in depth, but the way, expectations of, like, what is a beautiful human form and what is a natural human form, and in general, it's like, I think it's important to note that often... Something like pregnancy is like, and here's what it should look like, which is not at all what it actually looks like,
1: yeah, n- no, and weird things happen to your internal organs when that happens too, oh like, uh, you're you it is a traumatic experience, <laughs> like all of your organs actually shift up and down and right and left because the baby's growing there, so like oh yeah, if you want to look at something that might terrify you
0: <laughs> well it's. It's something that is. Is it just a beautiful natural? It is a natural process that happens to you, but it's intense. Yes, there's a lot happening to you, okay. <laughs> and to like shuffle that aside is, I I don't why why I'm... why did they? I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine the thought process that designed this doll.
1: Well, I think. I was actually thinking about that when I was thinking about talking about this. And I think that for our dolls, because we create timelines and things for them and things like that, we want them to be able to have have experiences just like we do. Um, there's actually an instance of dolls on Instagram. Uh, one doll in particular where someone took a Barbie and had them go through... Lots of life things. And basically had them like blogging their Barbie life. Like the doll was blogging itself. Oh boy. Um, But it was interesting because eventually the doll got pregnant. And they talked about the whole doll's pregnancy and everything like that. And it, it kind of viewed it very realistically and everything. So I think there's a part of us that wants to view this process on something that's inanimate and less scary than looking at diagrams of then like your your organs all shifting and everything like that. (laughs) Well in a
0: lot of like we take a human form which is a doll is a human form and we like to project upon it life experiences and narratives that we can relate to or perhaps narratives that we wish we had or things we wish we could experience and pregnancy is for a lot of people one of those things.
1: Yeah so they, that's probably why they did it. I'm, I'm looking at Ava the Bride, and I don't see that. It, it looks like they're stitching around the stomach, but that might just be stitching. But it's at least not showing it here, right? Um,
0: so it's like it would be interesting. I I, I it almost swear looks like it
1: would open though, but I, I think don't.
0: you can open it up, but I don't remember well enough to really talk on it. But you have these two, <laughs> the two sides of pregnancy that beautiful narrative and the horror story narrative which is it is a recurring thing in feminist horror but um yes
1: and also just like the crazy science of it like like if you want to just like blow your mind of what the human body is capable of uh listen to the episode of uh stuff you should know about breastfeeding and your brain will just like break it's insane what your body can do (laughs) and i suppose
0: we'd like to see the dolls do it but uh, it is unfortunate that their presentation of and this is pregnancy is this sanitized thin model version which isn't like that they weren't i mean it makes sense that they didn't go as far as to make a completely unique body and and like unique arms and legs and form for what would be for them like a one-time doll that they do in a somewhat limited edition situation a part of what they chose to do is they did a very minimal sort of representation because they didn't want to go through the whole process of production and creation that would be required to do it but on the other hand you create this expectation of aesthetic which isn't realistic. Which, I mean, dolls are for, but when you get into something about, like, body body politics and female body p- politics, or people who identify as female body politics, it gets a little more squirrely than just the surface, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's a little little weird. But, so I went to my convention. You have <laughs> a story about going somewhere and experiencing dolls. Uh.
0: yeah i did have my own small adventure um a few weeks ago Uh, we were saying goodbye to a friend (laughs) oh god that sounds terrible they were moving (laughs) they were moving across several states to be clear they were not dying um (laughs) but it was like before they move across the country um some folks got together and down in maryland is a store called fabric and friends and it's a storefront in a very off-the-beaten path, really, um, outside... I can't even say it's by Baltimore, because it really isn't. It's like an hour's ride from Baltimore. But it's a smaller-than-you-might-expect storefront inside of a fairly ordinary-looking strip mall. And it's one of the few places where you can walk in, look at ball-jointed dolls, put your hands on them with permission who also sell wigs and eyes and clothes from several different manufacturers and accessories and will do layaway programs with you where you can just go in and physically touch things in a way that is not very frequently capable in the United States these days. And they have things on display, and there are certain doll companies that they carry where you can walk in, see the doll, buy it, and walk out with it, which is really incredible and really interesting to experience. And I went with a few friends of mine, and I brought with me my Batchditch Dark Elf because he is the weirdest between sizes that have ever existed. So I wanted to ensure that I, like, I wanted to try on, and what they also do, which is awesome, is they let you try on things within, uh, depending, not everything can be tried. You can put on the doll physically, but they are more than happy to have you, with most of their stock, be like, go through the wigs, treat them gently put them on and see if they fit. And I was able to, you know, exchange wigs and eyes and see what actually fit him without having to do a guessing game. And it was really lovely.
1: Yeah, guessing games with, uh, like, shipping times in between.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like, like,
1: oh, I think that he might take a
0: four-inch wig. And then you wait, like, a month and you get the four-inch wig. You're like, no, that's too small. And then you have to go through the whole process. But, um... The experience, it's sort of, to give a bit more of a narrative of going there, it's sort of in a sort of sleepy, more in the countryside town of Maryland, which unfortunately I'm not recalling the town's name, but it's very easy to look up. And they have a sort of abbreviated hours, but they are open on the weekends. And you drive through horse farms and... Other goat farms and all sorts of farms, and you turn down a street to this small strip mall that's sort of in this triangular section, and it just says dolls. (laughs) And it's called Fabric and Friends, but it says dolls over the in the strip mall sort of signage, and you go underneath. It's next to a Seven Eleven, fairly unassuming, and you just walk in. And it, the center floor is kept fairly open, partially, I think, for people to... For the intended purpose of you being able to have your doll with you, sit down, pull out a container, and start rifling through and comparing items to your doll. Oh. So there's plenty of... Like, it's very distinctly, the middle of the store is empty. Huh. And the contents are around, like, pajam packed all around the walls. And they have a few American artist dolls available to be seen. They have a stack of ring doll dolls that you can kind of, that you could probably request to take a look at. They're still in their boxes because they're very complicated. They sell smart dolls. You could walk in and get a smart doll, which is probably one of the few places in the United States you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they have a few ring dolls, they have a few doll Chateau. Um, and you, they have certain relationships as a dealer with certain companies where you can do layaway in a way that you can get exactly what you want. They're very, the, um, proprietor owner and the gentleman who co-owns with her, they are some of the nicest human beings in the universe.
1: I think I met them at Dollism. Really? I think I did. I think I have their, their, I would say their card, but like their magnet on my fridge. And she was a nice are... old lady and I produced mm-hmm. so many glasses with them. So many, so many glasses because I was looking for glasses for my little character who is blind. That sounds exactly like her. Yeah. <laughs> she is a sweet,
0: no-nonsense person and the gentleman who runs the store with her is... Really lovely. We'll happily talk your ear off. It's clear that they really love the local clientele who comes in. I'm not local. I'm coming from quite a distance. But um, talking to them about their experiences with other customers, I got to have a really nice chat with them. And they clearly really love their customers because, in general, everyone's very quiet and respectful and aren't any here to make... Like, they're not trouble. We're not troublemakers. Yeah. <laughs> And like are just, they are just really deeply love these dolls and you can tell that they really appreciate that about some of the hobbyists who come in in person regularly. And just, you can walk in and they have most of, any objects that you can kind of rifle through are in bins that are easily, everything's very clearly marked by size and company. It's super easy to find what you're looking for. And to browse, even if you're not quite entirely sure what you're looking for. And you can just sit down on the floor with the doll. You kind of have to unpack, sometimes you have to unpack things to kind of get to your doll. And you can pull out, everything's like a bin you can pull out, stick next to you, go through and try things.
1: So so this is all on the floor, there is no table.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, there isn't really a table, but the floor is super clean. And like, I felt completely comfortable sitting down there with an expensive object. And I, it was, it was not uncomfortable at all. And I think, I believe there's also a group in Baltimore or in that area that does like regular meetups at this particular store. And I think I would imagine that when they have the meetups, there's like a table they bring out that everyone can sit at. But um, as a sort of a gathering place kind of thing. Mm hmm which if you're interested and you live in that area I highly suggest you check them out there. It should be a lovely set of people and it might be a nice way to sort it's a, good, a really nice meet up, meet to go to if you can. And it's just <laughs> it's just really lovely to be able to spend time going through things personally without playing guessing games about fit or sizing or matching, especially if you have an unusual doll like a bachtig doll that's not like regularly sized.
1: I think they do trunk shows sometimes, too. They do. Yeah. Um, Um, Becca, what's a trunk show? I don't know because I've never actually been to one. I think what (laughs) they do, I'm going to take a guess from what I've heard from friends, is they actually go and they bring merchandise to an area that's not their usual sales outlet so that they can travel a little towards different groups. Um, And it usually involves uh, a release of a new line or something like that. Um, oh, so they I usually see. bring new stuff with them, is my understanding very briefly from what I've heard from friends.
0: What I understand a trunk show to be is that's when you're invited to bring your own things and you can also sell. Ah, okay. That's what I think. I don't think either of us
1: actually know. <laughs> no, probably not. We're probably just both spitballing.
0: Well, I'm going to use the power probably. of the internet while you ask me, do you have any? Like, it was a beautiful, lovely experience. I would happily go there again if I can. It's just such a trek for me to go out there.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and they are extremely flexible about layaway. And, like, you can sit down and be like, I want this, 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 and this. It's like there's not, like, like, just as if you were directly ordering from the company. But you get the security of ordering through a dealer who has a bit more clout with the company. And
1: Yes. Which we've they're very far.
0: trustworthy people. I would gladly trust them with hundreds of dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... Is there, is there any doll there that you found stunning in person that you, you haven't, didn't feel that way or never saw before?
0: Well, I'm trying to think back to what I was actually seeing because I don't remember being particularly stunned because it didn't have out any of the particular companies that I, like, get it really into. Like, there's no Volks there, obviously. And, um... I'm trying. There was a beautiful set that had been made specifically for Fabric and Friends to sell, and I'm trying desperately to recall the um, company. It was. It's one of those small American makers who does like very small, limited, self-like um, hand-poured uh, resin situation.
1: K Wigs.
0: Possible. But they had done an Alice, an Al—um, not Alice, oh my god, goodness. I am just not remembering things. Dorothy. Oh. They had done a Dorothy with a tiny little Toto that was ball-jointed. Oh, wow. So the Dorothy was like in the Pookie range or the Little Fay range of size. Oh, wow. And she had a even slightly smaller than in-scale Toto with her. And his little legs had little joints and his head was jointed and his little tail was jointed. And the gentleman who works there was like very intent of like, I have to show you this. (laughs) (laughs) And me and my friends like oohed and awed over it. And he mentioned that a lot of people are like, could I just buy the dog? (laughs) Yeah. I could see that. And it was just the sheer petiteness of it was really lovely. And of course, it it's always interesting to see dolls in person, but it was nothing really struck me quite as much as that tiny little Toto, and there was someone, oh, the person who does the, be- the really cute sort of fat, small anthropomorphic alligators.
1: I think I know the person. Ah, shucks. I was just, I watched an interview someone did with them, um, but yes, yes. Continue. They had
0: some of their um, work there as well, and they are just precious and small and fat and Beautiful cartoony heads. <laughs> They're just—they were really, really um, fetching.
1: Aw, yay! So, have you figured out what a trunk show is?
0: Well, a trunk show, as per Wikipedia, is an event in which vendors present merchandise directly to store personnel or customers at a retail location or another venue, such as a hotel room. In many cases, it allows store personnel to preview and/or purchase merchandise before it's made available to the public. Oh, there you go. So I assume it's exactly more what you said than what I said.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, hey! Yay! One, one for the Becca points. <laughs> Becca has a lot of the points, guys. Lindsay does not have a lot of the points. No, you have a decent amount of points. I'm very, 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 very certain. Um, because you're probably going to be the one reteaching me how to speak Japanese for my eventual triumphant return. <laughs>
0: I will happily tutor you in this language that I don't use often enough when I'm in the States.
1: Doesn't it doesn't
0: Duolingo
1: have Japanese now too? It does.
0: But <laughs> Well, okay, here is my beef. So <laughs> I have a lot of beef when it comes to language and learning it is that the structure of Japanese is very different than the structure of English. So learning it the Duolingo way is not useful.
1: Will it be useful for someone trying to re-remember and refresh?
0: For a review where you already know how the grammar actually works, it is a great review. But I wouldn't consider it a super great learning resource. I was talking recently with a friend of mine who was using it as like a, re- a brush-up on long-ago lessons in Japanese. And she had come to me because in the forums, people can discuss, like, grammar things that come up in the lessons and talk about, like, well, what's actually happening here? Because they give you lots of example sentences. And she came to me with a question. She's like, okay, Lindsay, on the forums, a bunch of people are arguing over this one grammar forum. And I wanted to see what you had to say about it. And she explained it to me. And I just put my head in my hands. And she's like, oh, I, that's what I thought. <laughs> because it was... um It was sort of, uh, there's a, even in in a very beginner sentence that they give, there's a certain thing of grammar that they kind of miscommunicate through the way the lesson is structured that will later in your learning mess you up Uh oh. by leading you to believe one thing when it's actually another. So Uh for me, it's like, you might say it's a small minor thing, but for me, I'm like, no, this is going to mess you up. So I would say it's great for vocabulary refreshing
1: oh, well there you go that'll that'll help a little
0: anything like anything's better than nothing when it comes to language learning That's anything true. is better
1: than nothing anything's better than stagnant and just... exactly
0: so i would say focus
1: on the vocabulary don't pay as much attention to the grammar it's giving you <laughs> i'm ve- i still can remember how to conjugate most things i still cannot talk in kego because i didn't get that last fourth year um so. uh, well maybe
0: we'll get it to you so you can at least be understanding it when it's thrown at you by shopkeepers.
1: i mean i i kind, it, i understand the ones that kind of sound like they're just conjugations but otherwise yeah well,
0: well most of Kago is just special conjugations but any case <laughs> that can be a side project as we go forward as you're preparing for that trip Yes, And otherwise, it's been great to be able to catch up on the few things we haven't been able to talk about because it's been a while since we've been actually recording an episode together rather than just the interview line that we've been doing for two months.
1: Yes, it was uh, very fun to hit on a whole bunch of little bits that weren't quite big enough for a whole episode that were really interesting to hit on and talk about and think about. Um, That's for sure. We could definitely maybe even spend more time on, but that's okay. We'll get into the surrounding topics of some of those in some time. So, oh, that's for sure. So if you have anything that will be really cool to talk about in a Ningyo Bingo bit, something that's a, not quite big and huge for a whole episode but would be really fun for us to talk about and think about, um, you can find us at ningyobingo.com, N-I-N-G-Y-O-B-I-N-G-O. You can find us on oh our blog spot. You can find us on Facebook. Lindsay, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, that's her job. I don't know how the Twitter works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I am also learning how to be a podcast on Twitter, which I am slowly going to understand over time. But you oh. can definitely add us there and I will see it and I will say something back to you. And it'd be perfect way to drop a sort of question or a confirmation or correction our way. And where can how can people email us if they want to do it the old-fashioned way? That is nengo at gmail dot com, and we definitely check that email. And we've had more than one person wonderfully drop in art drop a line about episodes not being quite in order. Or um, we had one particular lovely individual say they loved reading it. And I'll tell you, if you want to make my and Becca's day, please, please leave us an email. It like we will pass it around between each other for like a week
1: <laughs> Pat, do an email do a review on itunes or stitcher um which both places you can find our podcast um so as you're thinking about all the fun with new ways and the glues and the snips and everything that you're going to need to put your really cool new smart doll uh injection molded kit together remember to keep collecting dolls but keep a budget